0: mm Thank you.
1: is a bunch of us on stage singing and worshiping the Lord on Easter morning so say what's all the details so if you can sing and you'd like to be a part you can
2: go out to the Welcome Center and sign up or you can see either of us or Regina Ingram to get involved and we would love to have
1: you come worship with us yep come join us sign up today so maybe you're new to only believe or you've just been here a while observing but you're not involved you know you're a part of the bigger picture don't know exactly what that looks like. I'm Pastor Nicole, I'm asking you to become a member here at Only Believe. Spend a Saturday morning with me, the first Saturday of the month, and let me share with you this wonderful prayer that we pray for your life. I want to discuss it with you. You know, it's important that we know who God is, and then when we know who he is, our soul and our hearts begin to change. And we find freedom from things that often have been a vice in our life, or chains, that the devil meant to hold us bound. And then I'm going to help you discover your purpose. We're going to go through a class together and learn what you were designed to do. And then we're going to do that and make a difference in the kingdom. See, everyone has a part to play in the body of Christ. I want you to find yours. Join me Saturday for next steps. You will definitely see what's next for you.
3: Women become in an atmosphere of security. Men become in an atmosphere of honor. We cannot reach our full potential without each other. You're not pursuing your wife as the treasure she is, with your whole
4: heart, man, you are missing out. Your wife needs and deserves your whole heart.
2: Husbands are our treasure, too. Whatever we put our effort to, Whatever we give our time, our resources to, that's going to become the treasure in our life.
3: You can experience your freedom. You can experience forgiveness that is not of this world. You're going to experience it in His time, for His glory, but in the meantime, don't miss it.
4: All right, well, good morning to everyone that made it out today. We're glad you guys are in the house and we want to say welcome to everyone joining us on the live stream I would imagine we have a rather large live stream crowd today So we're so grateful that you guys have still plugged in with us today And we know that God's going to do amazing things today in this service and in your life And so it's going to be good stuff and if you're a first-time guest with us in the house today Thank you so much for braving the uh, braving the roads out there and making it here We'd love to get to know you. So in the back of the pew In front of you, there's a little guest card there. If you'd fill that out and turn that in, you can either drop it in the offering bucket or give it to somebody out at the Welcome Center. We'd love to get to know who you are, and thank you again for being here with us. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, The Easter Cantata singers have a meeting upstairs in the choir room right after service. So if you're here and you're doing that, then I think they're still having that meeting. Is that correct? Yes, they are still having that meeting, so you guys can be up there. Next Wednesday, we're starting a brand new service called or series called Love Thy Neighbor, and that's going to take us all the way through February. It's going to be a great series. Um, tonight, the miracle service was scheduled for 6.30 p.m., but due to the weather, we're going to cancel and postpone that to a later time. We don't have a new date yet, but we'll make sure that you guys stay updated on that. And then also, February, our home groups kick back off, so if you're not involved in a home group, we want to encourage you to do so. Like the video with Pastor Nicole said... We have some goals here for you guys at our church. We want you to, A, know God. Jesus said that eternal life is to know God and believe in the one that he sent, Jesus Christ. So we want you to know God. And then that leads to finding freedom because we discover that Jesus sets us free from all the work of the enemy, which is what we believe is going to happen right today, that Jesus is here in power to set people free. That's going to be powerful. And then, obviously, You need to know your gifts. God made all of us to make a difference in this world. And then once you know your gifts, you get to go out and make a difference. And that is so good. But we're going to start with the basics today. we got to know God. And as we get ready for worship, I want to read to you guys a psalm. I'm going to do it from my digital Bible this morning. I love this psalm. It's kind of done like a song. So if you guys want to stand up, we're going to get ready for worship here. If you want to stand up with me, it's done kind of like an echoey song. And we do this every once in a while. We'll sing a song like this. But David would make a statement, and then the congregation would reply with, his love endures forever. And we're going to do this, and you're going to see this is kind of a little long, but every time they say the same thing, his love endures forever. So I'm going to read the line, and then I want you to just, his love endures forever. Can you guys do that with me? It's going to set us up for worship this morning. David says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him alone who does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. This is supposed to get more powerful as we go. You guys got to step it up a little bit. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night, to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, to him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it. But he swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, to him who led his people through the wilderness, to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, and inheritance to his servant Israel. We're almost done. Hang with me. He remembered us in our lowest state. And he freed us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. In every season, no matter what you're going through, David wants us to know that God's love endures forever. That's the God that we follow. That's the God that we serve. Let's worship him together this morning.
0: Wow.
5: This is the phrase, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling.
2: i i
6: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you everybody for coming out and braving the snow. God's going to do great things. You know, uh, uh, I oftentimes hear it's told that, you know, God moves when these kind of things happen, right? When people are hungry and they actually go above and beyond to get to church. So I don't believe you're going to be disappointed today. I believe you're going to have uh, God touch you and impact your life. And I believe God's got good things in store for you this morning. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for coming. It's it's time to receive our tithe and offering. If you need a tithe and offering envelope, please raise your hand. One of our ushers will make sure you get one. Or again, you can just simply reach in front of you and grab one out of the pew or on the ledges if you're up in the risers. Thank you for your giving. For those of you watching via live stream, uh, which there's many today because of snow. uh, Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in today. Again, I believe God's going to touch you and meet you at your point of need as well. Uh, Now is your opportunity to give. You can give by several ways, by going to only Believe.Church, you can give uh, through our church website. You can give by texting 77977. Uh, I know I love giving electronically because it's just short and sweet and it's easy to do. So thank you for your giving today. If you got your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through, through 21. Matthew six nineteen says this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to look at that, that last sentence once again. Uh, Jesus tells us, uh, giving is an act of the heart. And he tells us, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, that where we put our treasure, there are hearts going to be. It's often said, if you show me someone's checkbook, which for some of the younger generation might be something of the past, but that was actually a physical ledger you kept track of your finances with. But maybe you now use debit cards or credit cards or some kind of merchant account services. But the point of it is, if, if, if I were to look at someone's ledger, okay, and I saw 45 transactions on a given month, and I didn't see one transaction to church or to God, that would tell me where that person's heart's at. I wouldn't have to guess. It'd be pretty easy to see. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, but there's many people inside this building right now that have many different vocations. Uh, some of you are business managers. Some of you are accountants. Some of you are web designers. Others are uh, in HR, in, in, a, in a business. And I don't know if you're like me, but I, I have a pretty full plate every week, like I'm sure the rest of you do. And I'm always looking for keys or ways that I can work smarter, not harder, more efficiently, to be more effective, to have a uh, the same outcome or even a better outcome. I suspect many of you are like that as well, are you not? Well, if I could share with you a key this morning to financial provision, would you want to do it? I think the short answer is we all would, right? Amen. Well, let me share with you a quick key. And many of you already know this. It's, it's found in Malachi chapter 3. This is a promise to people who are tithers, those who give 10% of what they make back to church, back into the house of God. And it says that as we give our tithes and bring them into God's storehouse, there might be meat in God's house, God says, prove me herewith, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you, you won't have room enough to receive them. Now, that's a promise to a tither. There's not another promise in the Bible like that except for the tither, so if you're lacking financial provision or maybe you're struggling, I would encourage you if you're not a tither, today is a great day to begin to do that because that will be a key that unlocks blessing into your life. But God doesn't stop there. God also says that when, when, when we become a tither, of course, he'll open up the winds of heaven, but God also says, I'm going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So not only will God give us the ability to create wealth by the skills and giftings he's placed within us, and then he asks us to, for that small portion, just 10% to give back to God's house. God says, because you're faithful in doing that, my other promise is I'm going to give it back to you. So think about this. I give 10% of my income to the house of God, and God brings it back to me in even greater measure, as, as Luke 6.38 says. Isn't that a good God? We got the best end of the deal, church. So I want to encourage you right now. When we give to the Lord, we give out of the abundance of our heart. And I want to encourage you that every dollar that comes into those bright, shiny buckets that Brother Jesse makes fun of every time he comes to our service, or the big globe that stands here, that's for Peter Dosic Ministries or for our missions, that helps us win souls. Matthew chapter 6 tells us to lay up treasures in heaven. And when you give to God, when you give your tithes and offerings to God, you are doing just that. You are laying up treasures in heaven because every dollar comes into the bright shiny buckets or the globe is going towards winning souls and that's what we're about amen we want to make a difference do we not only believe we want to be rescuers that's what we do with dollars that come in so today as you give know you are you are laying up treasures in heaven let's pray father i just thank you for this day I thank you, Lord, for every gift, every tithe, every offering that comes in today. Father, I thank you. I know you'll bless it. I know you'll open up the windows of heaven upon people's lives that are tithing. And I also know you're going to bring it back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's your word. That's your promises, and you cannot lie. Father, I thank you for the increase and the blessing for everyone that gives today. And, Lord, we just love you. We thank you for all you do for us. And we count it a privilege to be called the son and daughter of God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us the ability to uh, lay up treasures in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. amen. It's time to receive our tithes and offerings. Bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord, please.
3: Hallelujah. Well, it's snowing outside. Phyllis is home shoveling.
1: Really.
3: Hallelujah. praise God, uh, please don't forget that tonight. Uh, the miracle service is canceled. I know that people were uh, already scheduling people to come but uh, you know they say it's supposed to get worse whoever they are and so we got to pay attention to them. Amen. All righty, praise God. Let's turn our Bibles today to Romans 5, 8. Romans 5, 8. February is love month. Is love month. And uh, praise God. So uh, we're going to be talking about love this month. And today we're just going to talk about some of the things that love is and that love does and then we'll get into uh, next week about God's love for us and our love for the brethren and things of that nature and uh, Romans 5 8 hallelujah the Bible declares but God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Much more than being justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. God loves you and I. Amen? When we were without strength, Jesus died for our sins. And so I want to talk to you about the love of God. The love of God is a divine motivator. There are things in the scripture, faith is a creator. We know that God created the worlds through faith and his word. But love is a divine motivator. It is a motivator that defies reason and emotion. In other words, sometimes love does things that nobody just has any Rationale about why they did it. It is also a stimulator for action of some kind that without it we would never touch other people. Secondly, love stimulates us to action without requiring... Any return. Amen. Thus comes the stumbling block of a lot of Christians and a lot of churches is that we always are thinking, what is in it for us? Well, what is in it for us? What is in it for us is that love defines who we are and where. We have come from. Now. Love motivates us. To do good. Even at our own. Expense. Think about that. Love. Motivates us. To do good. Somebody say good. To do good. At our own. Expense. In other words. Love may require you to give what you have to another that they may be better off than you are. That's preferring our brother above ourselves. Now, I know that some of this stuff is like foreign matter to us. In other words, we just have never experienced such sacrifice or devotion to the Christ life. And so sometimes when we say certain things, we think, oh, man, oh, man, you're talking like beyond reason. Absolutely. Because love is beyond reason and emotion. Now, wherever love is not, it always motivates people to do evil. See, if we don't live within the love of Christ, we will ultimately drift to the love of ourself. People that are motivated by self-love are dangerous to everybody because no matter what it takes, they will be satisfied. In other words, remember that love is a motivator. It will motivate people to use people and never ever expect to pay for anything they've done. And that's a dangerous place to be. And so we realize that God, by the Holy Ghost, has shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. Somebody say, I have love. Absolutely. It is the nature of every believer. It is a part of the DNA that God places in our hearts lives. And so when we have love, it's shed abroad in our heart. Now you and I are responsible for its care, for its strength, and for its purity. Thank you. Hallelujah. Love motivates us to perform acts of grace. Grace. Remember what grace is. Grace is God's willingness to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Amen? Hey, Rigel. When you want a cookie that's way up on the shelf, who do you get? Oh, you want two of them. Yeah, okay. I know you want two. Who do you get? He gets mom or dad. What does mom and dad do? They retrieve what Rigel needs. Why? Because they love him. They don't consider that the cookie is bad. They don't consider it's filled with sugar. Now, Rick wouldn't need it, but he would feed it to his kids. Now, now, but what we have to understand is that, again, love motivates us to perform acts of grace at our own expense. How many of you remember the story of Jericho Road? Jericho Road. There were two people that walked by this man that had went down to Jericho on this road, and it was a known path for thieves and robberies, people getting abused and taken. This man goes down there. Oh, he made a bad decision. What he sowed, he should reap. Well, that's not what love does. Love never looks for a reason to criticize. It always looks for a reason to redeem. And so Jesus goes down there, and of course we know the priest goes by, the Pharisee goes by. Jesus could have took the same path as those two men and left this stranger on the road of Jericho, abused, and hurt, wounded, needing care. He could have done that. But what does Jesus do? Jesus mounts off of his donkey, puts the man in his place of value, and then takes him to an inn, pays for the inn, and makes a covenant or an agreement with the innkeeper that if it's more than I've given you, when I come back, I will pay it all. See, that's what love does. Many times in our lives, love seeks to avoid anybody that has problems. Come on, you know it, and I know it. Oh, you well, you know, they they got hangups, man. And they got. So where are you in their Jericho? Where are you in their recovery with Christ? Where is the love of God that stops, gets out of the place of preference, and puts someone else in that place, and then continues to pay for their benefit? Now, I know, again, that this is foreign to people, because Western Christianity is such a take-and-gimmick-infested institution that it's hard to get people to be sincere but you and I must rise up somebody say we got to rise, rise up see we're going to have to rise above the normal let's go to Luke 14 Luke fourteen twelve through 14 Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, don't call your brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made. Next verse. But when thou makest a feast, this is really a love feast, makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. I wonder how long that line will be. I wonder how long the line of recompense for loving those that cannot return anything is going to be. Now Jesus tells us very specifically how we are to use our time and our assets. We are to use them as demonstration and instruments and motivations of love. We are to perform for those that cannot perform towards us afterwards. In other words, love really never ever weighs out challenges or equates any type of return. Now, that's a new concept because we don't even love our spouses except we're going to get some type of return. Yep, okay, hallelujah. Let's go to Luke 3, 8 through 11. So realize that we are to be using our assets to reach people with declarations of love or motivations of actions and service for the sole purpose that they experience Christ. Luke 3.8 said, Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid into the root of the tree. Every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. This tells us that people that have a life void of the motivations of love do not get rewarded. So we want to make sure that we get recompense in the world to come. Amen? All right, one more. Matthew 5, 41. Matthew 5, 41 through 48. Love is an identifying sign of our sonship with God. Understand that people may judge you and you may come up short every time they examine you. But love that motivates service identifies who we really are. See, people can always find flaws and faults in our life. And any time that somebody looks at us, judges us in an inappropriate way without love being its base, guess what? They're going to find something. Amen? Amen? Absolutely. Amen. They're going to find something. But what they can't do, they may judge you for falling short, criticize you, and all that type of stuff, but what they cannot deny is your identity in God when love motivates you to do good. And it says, whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile. If he's a brother in the Lord, sanctified, not a drunk, not a smoker, not a whoremonger, go with him twain. In other words, your love is never supposed to be just directed towards Christians. Never. And then it says this, Give to him that asketh of of thee, make sure you get a blood thumbprint on the paper, that would borrow of thee and turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Now we've heard that. Go on. And it says, but I say... Somebody say, but God says. But God says, treat your enemies just like your brothers. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Remember, love motivates everybody to do good no matter the reaction or the response. That you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth forth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, the brethren, what reward have you Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. But if ye therefore be perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, what do you do? You love those that cannot pay you back. Remember, love is motivated to do things and service at our expense without expecting any return. Now, the first thing that we think when we start loaning somebody money that asks us is they're going to take me. They may, but if you don't have enough love to absorb the wrong, don't live in that realm. Amen? Because then you get offended and an offended brother is harder to win back than for a city to be taken that is armed with armed forces. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to get involved in something that you don't have enough love to cover the wrong that has been done. Remember that love covers a multitude of sins. Not just against God but against you. So love is an identifying sign of our sonship with God. People may judge you. People may see that you come up short. But when they see your acts of love, Matthew 5, 13, they can do nothing more than say they're a child of God. And so you and I, somebody say, that's me. We need to be involved in loving the world. Not just those of the household, but of the world. Amen. Amen? Amen? All right, let's go to Luke 6, 27 through 36. Jesus throws a wrench into the concept of Israel's love. And it says, but I say unto you which hear, only those which hear. There are always those that don't hear. Why? Because they live by reason and by emotion. But there are people that hear what God is saying. And it says, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. After that, Katie bar the door. No, I'm kidding. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid him not to take thy coat also. Man, that is like, this is pretty hard. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do unto you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thanks have ye? Even sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what thanks have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them whom you hope to receive, what thanks have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners... ...to receive as much again. if you But love ye your enemies... ...and do good. Lend hoping nothing... ...again, and your reward shall be great... ...and ye shall be the children of the highest... ...for he is kind to the unthankful... ...and to the evil. But be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Now, does that sound like a wild man that has lost his mind? Give to those that ask of you? Does does that even make sense to love people the way that Jesus defined love? Now, the reason that he did that was because Israel, just like people that did not know God, expected everything to be recompensed to whoever they did it to. But that's not what love asks to do at all. Amen. Love asks, demands, reveals what you are to do to those that don't know Christ. Now remember, this is a higher call. This is not just sinner exchange. This is not just brotherly Kindness one to another oh no this is laying down your life for somebody that they may be saved Amen. laying down their life that they see something that they have never encountered before and love no matter what supernatural acts take place love will not fail And so love can do much more than having power to remove mountains or to prophesy or to do miracles. You know, Jesus said this. Jesus said, they will know you by your love one for another. He didn't say they would know you because of your extraordinary demonstrations. He said that they would know you by your love one for another. Well, I would add this to what Jesus said, not to the Bible, but I would add, they will know you when they experience God's love through you. That's when they will know you. And so if we are going to live a higher standard, than just a world that doesn't know or a world that has rejected God, then we're going to have to do it by love. And we're going to have to do it the way that love says to do it. But you know, people will take me, and people will do this. I know it. I absolutely, I know it. Been there, done that. Been stamped stupid so many times. Man, it, it's, it's not even stamped anymore, it's a tattoo. <laughs> My brother-in-law said, Pete, every bum and every hitchhiker on I-75 knows where Botkins is because you're an easy touch. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, thank God. He said, are you crazy? I said, no, I'm not crazy. I said, because every time they stop here, they have to know that I'm different than you. See, we as Christians, now we're being called to a higher level. Do we want to walk there? Or do we just want to carry a name tag but make exchanges with people on the level of sinners? I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to be known as? What identity do you want to carry? Well, that's what is being laid out here. Hallelujah. So now let's turn our Bibles over to Romans, the 12th chapter and verse 8. Romans 12, 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, love can be stolen. You know that? You know, other things steal our hearts from our love for God. Love can grow cold, lukewarm. Love can turn on people because of iniquity and do evil instead of good. Here in Romans 12, 8, it says, But he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, Cleave to that which is good. Now, hear that word. well, Well, let's go on. Let's go another verse. And it said, But be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Now, that word preferring means to lead, it means to take beyond where you're at. It means to show the way. So the first thing that we need to realize is that people will follow the way of love. They will follow the way of love. And then, as it goes on in verse, uh, go ahead, let's go to the next verse. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Do you know that what we have is not our own? It is to be distributed to meet the needs of those that don't have. Remember, 1 John 3, that if you see your brother have a need and you have this earthly goods and you shut up the bowels of your compassion, how dwells the love of God in you? And if it asks the question, how dwells the love of God in you, how empty of it are you? Amen. How empty of it are you? So we need to make sure that we distribute what we have to the necessities. Now, verse 14. Bless them that persecute you. You know how many times we've read that since we've been here for 20 minutes? About three times. Bless those that persecute you. Like That's easy for Jesus to say because he's not here. It's easy to say, turn the other cheek when you aren't the one getting smitten. But the reason that Jesus tells us to do that is because what we sow, we reap. He says, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one towards another. Mind not high things, but consent, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own concepts. Recompense to no man, no man, no man, not by thought, deed or word. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. But if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore if thine enemy hunger we do what? But he is our enemy. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing so thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good or with love let every soul that be subject to the higher power for there is no power but of god and the powers that are are ordained of god now notice that jesus said that we are to provide for our enemies needs doesn't that sound strange Would a sinner do that? Would someone in his neighborhood do that? But we are called to rise up to a higher level than the world. And then in doing so, we shall heap coals of fire. I know that you think, oh, good praise God. He's going to get hotter and hotter. No, no, what's going to happen is his mind is going to become brighter and brighter and he will see the goodness of the Lord in you. Really what you do is you create revival fires upon the heads of those that are your enemies when you return good to them. Wow. Hallelujah. Now, So we want to realize that we as Christians have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Somebody say, I have it. Because you couldn't love your wife as Christ loved the church if you didn't have that love to do so. You couldn't love your enemies if you didn't have that love. Amen? You couldn't give your coat To somebody, you couldn't walk two miles instead of one mile if you didn't have love. You'd always be regretting what you were doing. But since we have the love of God shed abroad in our heart, we can do those things without murmuring. Amen? Praise God. All righty. Philippians 1 9 through 10. Can we have that on the scripture, on the board? We could talk about these and just quote them, but there's just so much in these scriptures, and it says, This I pray, that your love may abound, yet more and more in knowledge and in all what? Judgment. No one is qualified to judge Unless there is a foundation of loving the one being judged. Next verse. That ye may approve things that are excellent. And that you may be sincere without offense until the day of Christ. Here we see that love is to abound. That word abound or to increase means to remain. You know, there are a lot of things that can make love grow cold, be stolen, become disillusioned, become powerless in this world. But if you will begin to grow, if you will begin to expand, if you will begin to develop the love that God has place in your heart, what you'll do is you will discover a new realm of freedom. Because there is no fear in love. None. And when we are limited, when we are restricted to do what love would do, it's probably because of fear. That's because love has not been matured. It has not been grown and it has not been developed. Now, these things happen or love is developed, grows and mature only when it's challenged. You know, love is never love until it walks through the fire. Man. Rick, run outside and see if this is the right building. Is is this the Methodist, the Lutheran, the Catholic? Gee, man. Okay. All right. How about that we grow in love, develop love, and mature in love through what? The tulips? No. Through disappointment through hurt, through sins against Jew, through unfaithfulness, in betrayal, in rumors, in pressures, in attacks. That's really when you get to find out if you have any love or not. When everybody or everything seems to be your fault by somebody else's actions. You know, have you ever said, well, you know what? I you know they were unfaithful to me, I'm out of here. Well, I understand that you have that option. But if you really loved them, didn't you take them for better or for worse? You didn't think it was just going to be better, did you? Are you kidding? You might have got the better on the wedding day, but understand the worst is about to arrive. And it's going to come forth. And the worst comes forth as soon as their way is challenged. You know, Phyllis and I have never fought until I disagree, I've never lost one battle except the one I didn't get involved in. In other words, I've lost every one of them. Why? Because someplace in that fight I realize is not worth the damage I'm trying to cause. And when people are unfaithful, when they violate our trust, we are broken. Now, if it's repetitive, listen, I believe severe actions have to be taken. But sometimes we are so quick to use the law to destroy life that we never see the spirit of it to bring life. So we need to increase, grow, abound in love. Now these are all keys to maturing in Christ. Keeping criticism, inappropriate judgment. What's inappropriate judgment? Judgment that rises up at every turn when there is no covering of their sin with love. We always judge so quick. Here's what misconceptions of judgment without love does. It makes you he that maketh a lie. You, You will make a lie to judge a man guilty when you are loveless towards him. Before you pronounce judgment upon a man or a woman, spend a week praying about it. God may open up one of your closet doors and you might say, oh my gosh, what a mess. And he'll say, I'm going to close the door again because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, what are you going to do with the door that you've opened? It may be that you'll close it again and cover it with sin, with love. Yeah, don't cover it with sin. With love, hallelujah. So we realize that when we have a strong, mature, developed, love, in or out of our crisis, what we can do is we won't be critical. We won't be critical. People say, well, I'm just just noticing facts. Well, why don't you just cover them up? Then we create inappropriate judgments. We divide. We create hardness of hearts in ourselves we get lukewarm, we compromise, and we're hearers and not doers. So we have to realize love is the key. I love this part. Love is the key to purity and the foundation of perfecting holiness. It's a key to purity. Purity. Because the Bible says that love worketh no ill to its neighbor. Therefore, I could never be found wronging my neighbor. We've got to be careful. Philippians 1.10 said that we want to be without offense. How do you do that? Love. That's how we stay pure. Because if we create offense by inappropriate judgments and we could cause the harm or the disconnect from a believer, from God, It'd be better that a millstone was tied about your neck and you cast into a lake. Isn't that horrible? What a horrible death. God's just showing us the depth and the destructive nature of lovelessness. He's not wanting you to put a a millstone about your neck that's not what he's talking about. He's just telling you, the devastation of lovelessness is something that you cannot escape. It's heavier than the burden you could bear. Don't live without love because you will end up destroying yourself. Perfecting holiness. Jesus said, if you will love the Father, then you will keep his commandment. You keep his commandments, you're without sin. So love is the key to purity and the perfecting of holiness. And without it, we will wrong our neighbors. We will wrong others because it'll be a self-centered love. And we can't love ourselves more than we love others. Amen? And that's where I'm going to quit. Hallelujah. So, praise the Lord. (coughs) We all need to increase in God. We need to increase in the love of God. We need to increase in our love for our spouses, for our brothers, and for the world. I think the church has lost its love for the world. But remember, Jesus gave his life for the world. So when Jesus says, go ye into all the world, we say, oh, no, that's too hard. But that's where Jesus came. He didn't come to the palaces. He didn't come to the Sanhedrin council. He came to the lost, the broken, the unclean, the possessed, the weary the discouraged. That's who Jesus came after. So we as Christians need to fall in love with the world. Now I know that we all say, oh man, I just can't stand being around people that cuss. Why? What, why? I mean, I don't like it, but it doesn't vex me. If they cuss, I start nestling up to them enough they'll start saying, oh, excuse my French. Yes. Then you could say, you learned that in Paris?
0: <laughs>
3: You've been to Paris? Oh, no, i never been to Paris. Well, where'd you learn that French language? Oh, you know what I mean. No, I'm just, I know what you told me. Pretty soon you start talking. And pretty soon Jesus said, if I had not come, your sin would still be here. How do... People know that they are sinning unless you shed some light Amen. on their sin. So start talking to them about it. You know, people say, "Oh, I, oh, man, I, I'm sorry." Cuz I said, oh, "You didn't offend me at all." I said, you, "You didn't use my my name in vain. You used God's name in vain." Said if I was you, I'd apologize to him. Well, you know what I mean. You, You know I wasn't really meaning God. Well, what were you meaning? Mohammed. No, you weren't meaning Mohammed. No, talk to people. Paul said, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to covet until the law said to me, thou shalt not. So people do need to hear, but not in a condemnative way. In a way of love. Because understand, you were once a sinner. I don't think any of you shouted hallelujah when you come out of the womb. Amen? Amen. All right, praise God. Stand your feet. Be safe when you're going home you're going to slide through the parking lot, please go that way because I'm parked out here. And uh, so praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that you have shed abroad your love in our hearts. God, help us be good stewards of that love. Let us mature it. Let us deepen it, God. Let, let us begin to develop it. And God, then let us mature it. God, through the hard times that we go through, teach us to take the Christ's way and not the sinner's way. Get us, God, so motivated that, God, we begin To live like Jesus' descendants. Born of his seed. Redeemed by his blood. God, today is the day. Today is the day to love people. God, we know you entrusted us. God, we take responsibility for it. God, we rise up, and God, let us love that people will know that we are born of God and not just a religious group of people. Now, God, bless everyone that is here. Keep them safe. Take them home safe, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday evening, praise the Lord.